welcome to Rivers in the Desert International, a revival ministry dedicated to bringing the living waters of God's love to a hurting and dying world. It is our desire as you listen to the following message that the Holy Spirit will fill you afresh and that you would be ignited into a fervency for Jesus. This is the day to be filled with the knowledge of His glory as the waters cover the sea. God is doing something new on planet Earth today, and you and I have the great privilege to be a part of it. We love you. Be blessed. Father, we thank you for this morning. Your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We, will, we just ask to, uh, for you to turn up the heat in the oven, barbecue us Cajun style in your love, marinate us in the new wine, saturate us in the gravy of your presence. Hallelujah. Because Lord, you love the smell of burnt offerings. Hallelujah. So Father, I ask that your glory would come. Lord, I know what you did to me this morning during prayer. I ask that you would just exponentially drop it upon every person here. <laughs> that each person would become a carrier, a conduit, a mobile tabernacle of this presence to a lost and dying world, to the churches they go back to. Hallelujah to the students, to the people, the nations they'll touch in the future. Ho! Oh! And I thank you for it, Father. Even for the housewives, for the children they raise, those young pastors and apostles and evangelists. Oh, hallelujah. And we thank you, Father, In Jesus so much. Name. Amen. Okay, here we go. Haggai, chapter 2. Right before the book of Zechariah. I'm reading from the New American Standard. I appreciate the opportunity to stand in the pulpit here and share my heart with you and get out of the way. The reason we are here, gathered here this morning, is because of Haggai 2. Haggai 2 and verse 4, But now take courage, Zerubbabel declares the Lord, take courage. Also, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and all you people of the land, take courage, declares the Lord, and work, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. For some who do not know, the word host does not mean the Lord with a bunch of fat babies in heaven that have wings on their back, like you see on the back of a Hallmark Christmas greeting card. <laughs> this is a military term in the Bible. It's called Adonai Tzvaot. It means the Lord of the armies of heaven. Tzva is the Hebrew word for the Israeli army, IDF. And this is just taken from this passage of Scripture. Thus says the Lord of the armies of heaven. Whew! Now we've had a lot of teaching. I personally had a lot of teaching about Adonai, Shalom, you know, all the covenant names of God. But I've heard very little taught about this kingly title of, of the Lord, which is Adonai Tzvaot. Say that, Svaot. It's a T-S, Svaot. <laughs> this is what renders fear in the enemy's camp. The demons believe and they shudder with fear, James says. I'm telling you, folks, you've got to get a revelation of this name. We know him as Adonai Rui, 
the Lord is our shepherd? How about the Lord, the Schwarzkopf of heaven? Because that is the kingly title, and the kingly title is of the king putting his feet upon the neck of his enemies. Glory to God. This word is used 14 times, seven for each chapter. As for the promise which I made when you came out of Egypt, my spirit is abiding in your midst. Do not fear. For thus says the Lord of the armies of heaven, once more in a little while, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth, the sea also, and the dry land. And I will shake all the nations, and they will come with the wealth of all the nations. And I'll fill this house with glory, says the Lord of the armies of heaven. I love what Brother Steve shared last night about Ezekiel's dry bones. There's a shaking happening right now. The shaking is first in our camp. He's getting us together. And then we go forth and conquer. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord of the armies of heaven. Get the picture. Here is the king going forth in battle to spoil nations, to take back what belongs to him. And we get to go along for the ride. Verse 9, the latter glory of this house will be greater than the former, says the Lord of the armies of heaven. And this place I shall give shalom, declares the Lord of the armies of heaven. We're going to speak about the shalom of the Lord today. The peace, the presence of the Lord. That's right in the midst, in the vortex of the glory cloud. Let's turn back to the, the next book, Zephaniah, chapter 3, verse 14. Zephaniah 3, verse 14. Shout for joy, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all of your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The word shout for joy is rena. We named our daughter Ronit, which means rena. It means ear-ringing cries of jubilation. Hallelujah. The Lord has taken away his judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. Now, to understand the kingly title of the Lord, Adonai Tzvot, it does strike a bit of reverence and fear in your heart just talking about it. But guess what? You don't have to be afraid because he's Abba. You can sit there on his lap and play with the medals on his chest. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! That gets me excited, I'm telling you. In that day, it will be said to Jerusalem, Do not be afraid, O Zion. Do not let your hands fall in. The Lord your God is in your midst. That's what the presence of God is. It's basically the nearness of God. He's coming near to his people. And the more we allow him to change us, the more we will operate in his realm. He says, no man can see my face. You'll see my backside, Moses. Moses saw the backside. He came down glowing. And this is the realm we need to learn to operate in. Allow. Because listen, we're ministers of that realm. Amen? We're not of this planet. We, don't, we breathe the oxygen, the glory realm of heaven. And most ministry, I mean, I've only been in ministry for a few years, but I've uh, been a believer 18 years, but most ministries I've been in contact with don't know anything about the glory realm. That's why I went to, tried to meet Brother Hagin's ministry, is that he always talked about the glory realm. Hallelujah. 
What attracted me to Billy Joe Doherty's ministry, why I stayed in his church so long, was because he took that glory realm out for evangelism. He just kicked it out for evangelism all the time. Loved it, man. Loved it. Hallelujah. And you get around some people talk about the glory realm, they don't know what you're talking about. They think, you know, the tinsel on a Christmas tree or something. They have no idea. Why? Because people spend so much of their lives being wrapped up in the outward stimulus of life. There's so much stimulus, so much entertainment, so much innocent amusements that they're top-heavy. And when they come into services like this, it takes a while to soak them, you know? It's okay. Get all those layers and layers of hardness off until eventually we learn how to flow in that realm. And folks, I feel like I'm just barely even scratched the surface myself. You know what I'm saying? Let's move on here. The Lord your God is near you, or he's in your midst. A victorious warrior. Ugh, I love this word in Hebrew. Gibor Ish. A mighty man of valor. And guess who that man is? Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? He will exult over you with joy. He'll be quiet in his love. He'll rejoice over you with ringing cries of jubilation. King James says singing, it's, the both are translated Hebrew, such a rich language you can't just take one English word. Yes, it is singing. But also it's this, Israel's singing was a lot different than what we have today. Shaganoth. Shaganoth comes from the word Mishagah, which means crazy. <laughs> really, it's the root word of that. It, I'm telling you folks, it's like this loud, jubilant, radical shouting and screaming and singing. Look at the psalms being like that. Instead of being so choreographed, nice and neat. Hmm. And this is what the Lord does. But it says here, I want to concentrate on this verse today, part of the verse. He'll be quiet in his love. Other, the King James, I believe, says he'll renew you in his love. Is that correct? He'll renew you in his love. Rest, another good, renew, revised standard. Um, the New Jewish Publication Society, uh, JPS translation that came out a few years ago, they translate this word, they have a footnote that says, this is a very difficult word to translate. <laughs> and they say, they translated it, which is, incorporates all these other translations, he will soothe you in his love. And the way the Lord will soothe us is by getting us quiet. Feel the anointing on it right now, talking about it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He'll soothe you. He'll be quiet. And the Lord is our shepherd, and he makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside the still waters. There is a place of the realm of glory where there is an exuberant shouting, but there's also a place of getting so quiet that you are transfixed and you don't know when to say anything because the Lord's up in his holy temple let all the earth be silent before him. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. And what we're talking about today is how to contact the realm of glory or how to become a contact point for that realm of glory to flow into your life and you become a conduit to give it out to others. And this type of service or soothing or meeting really doesn't happen a lot in services it should happen more in your prayer closet. 
What we're talking about now is finding his presence, the secret place, in between meetings. And then when we come together corporately, the mushroom cloud develops. <laughs> Chain reaction. Because you notice, you know, Steve, you can say the same thing. Pastor, you come to services, uh, you know, say a Saturday night service. It may take you three or four hours just to break the, every, the crowd through. His people have been out there doing you know, the daily chores of life and, you know, maybe haven't spent time with the Lord for a while. It takes a while to get people soaked and saturated. But I'm looking forward not just to getting totally soaked and saturated, but skipping up to the next level. You say, what does this have to do with the glory realm? Everything. Second Chronicles 6 and 7. The priest stood up to minister. Let's give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness is everlasting. The fire fell. The glory fell. It says the priest fell on their faces and couldn't minister. <laughs> what you'll notice in the meetings is the heavy, weighty presence of God. It's the Hebrew word glory means the weighty presence, kavod. Kaved is the word for liver in the Bible. Because it's the heaviest organ. To be heavy with gold and silver is kaved. Same word. It's amazing. And you'll feel in services, the glory of God will come on you, you'll start. Really? That's how I feel when I get drunk. I haven't lost my mind, my mental faculties, but I'm still... Hallelujah. Let's turn the next book behind Habakkuk, chapter 2. This is going to help you this morning, I'm telling you. Just allow this time of teaching to come forth from the shepherd, Jesus himself, and then we're going to move into some other things, okay? Habakkuk, chapter 2, and verse 1. God has already set things in motion, the Chaldeans are going to be used as an instrument of judgment against the people of God, and uh, I want to say today that God is not going to use the world to judge the church. He uses primarily His Word. Amen? 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 But something was set in motion in the plan of God, and, and Habakkuk could not do anything about it. In verse 1 of chapter 2, he says, I'll stand on my guard post. I'll station myself on the rampart. I'll keep watch to see what he will speak to me and how I may reply when I am reproved. What this revival has done for me, brothers and sisters, is gets me excited to come before the Lord and say, Lord, just change me. Reprove me. Correct me. Anywhere I need to be corrected. I love it. Before, I used to run away from that stuff. Now I love it. Verse 2, Then the Lord answered me and said, Record the vision, inscribe it on tablets, that the one who reads it may run. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens towards the goal. It will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it. It will certainly come. It will not delay. What is the vision? Is it just this church? The ministry is located here? I like to say it's the whole body. It's everything. It's our brothers and sisters in China right now on the floor drunk. 
It's the Philippines. You know, Africa right now is getting ready to become the largest Christian continent in the world. There's over 200 million born-again believers in Africa. That's almost the population of America. Isn't that incredible? I heard a mission study that um, out, out of every 10 believers, five are from China. Half the church is Chinese. And we think we know it all in North America. <laughs> Look about it. This gets me excited. The vision is this. The vision isn't just our microcosm vision that God gives us for a local assembly or a region. It's the whole vision. And this is the vision, brothers and sisters. Same chapter in verse 13. This is the vision we must run with. Is it not from the Lord of the armies of heaven that peoples toil for fire and the nations grow weary for nothing? For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That's the vision right there. Glory. That's it. Numbers chapter 14. Let's turn to that. God had the children of Israel, brought them out of the land of Egypt, brought them through the wilderness, had everything set up for them, had a whole huge population of killer bees, killer hornets to go ahead of them, <laughs> go into the land, make things very uncomfortable for the Canaanites and all the Hizzites. They sent spies into the land. The children of Israel came back and says, we can't do it. Verse 33 of chapter 13, the Anak are there, Nephilim. Nephilim means the fallen ones, huge gargantuan individuals. They came back with an evil report, meaning a port, report of unbelief and discouraged their other tribesmen. They, start, they got so upset they decided to stone Moses. Verse 9 of chapter 14, Only do not rebel against the Lord, do not fear the people of the land, for they are our prey. Their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. But all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Then the glory of the Lord appeared to the tent in the meeting to all the sons of Israel. The Lord said to Moses, How long will this people spurn me? How long will they not believe in me? Despite all the signs which I perform in their midst. Now, you know, pastor knows my heart. When I share these things, I share these things because I want to be, have wisdom. These things are written for our example. Amen? I just get in my mind, here's my stiff-necked relatives with the glory of God, eating manna, I mean, all this stuff going on in their midst, and they still don't believe. We've got to believe, we've got to have faith now, not when we start seeing something. Just because the glory is in our midst doesn't mean people are all going to jump in. It's incredible to me. And I always like to find out why did they fall, why did they do certain things, because I don't want to repeat it. Life is short, man. Amen? I want to learn why Branham and A. Allen and all these other guys had such great, great glory in their ministries, and I'll send. You know? You've got to have long-range vision. You can't be nearsighted. You've got to think. Think ahead. What's going to happen if the glory falls? The place starts busting at the seams. Start planning for it. That's what I'm doing. I will smite them with pestilence and dispossess them. I'll make the, you into a nation greater and mightier than they. But Moses said to them, Then the Egyptians will hear of it, for by thy strength thou dost bring up this people from their midst, and they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land. They have heard that thou, O Lord, art in the midst of the people. Thou, O Lord, art 
art seen eye to eye while thy cloud stands over them. And let us go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Now if thou dost slay this people as one man, then the nations who have heard of thy fame will say, Because the Lord could not bring this people to the land which he has promised them by oath. Therefore he has slaughtered them in the wilderness. Verse 17, But now I pray, let the power of the Lord be declared, be great, just as thou hast declared. The Lord is slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness. Oh, that's drinking material right there, folks. Forgiving iniquity and transgression, but he will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers of the children, the third and fourth generations. Pardon. I pray the iniquity of this people according to the greatness of thy loving kindness, just as thou also hast forgiven this people from Egypt even until now. The loving kindness, it's the word chesed in Hebrew. It means also covenant loyalty. Moses is calling on the covenant. Incredible stuff here, folks. So the Lord said, I have pardoned them according to your word. But indeed, as I live, all the earth will be filled with the kavod, the glory of the Lord. So we see here, God's original plan was to fill the whole earth with his, with his glory. He just needs a, a people group that will yield to him. That's all. Surely all the men have seen my glory and my signs that I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness. They have put me to the test these ten times and have not listened to my voice. By no means shall see the land which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of them who spurned me see it. Verse 24. But my servant Caleb. Now Caleb is a very interesting word. Caleb, it means dog. D-O-G. <laughs> and... They didn't have nice pedigrees over there. Dogs were the most despicable canine species in the Mideast. Here's an 80-year-old man named Dog. But my servant, the dog, because he has different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land which he entered and his descendants shall take possession of it. Glory to God. And we don't have time to study about Caleb. But one very interesting thing about Caleb is that he says, give me Hebron, give me that place. And he went in there and took it. Then he took out the giant and the sons of Anak there, Raphim and the Anak. You know who Raphim is? He's the grandfather of Goliath. So I don't know what's a greater miracle, an 80-year-old man going there and taking out four giants or a little shepherd boy taking out one giant on the field of battle with Philistines. <laughs> It's awesome, folks. He had a different spirit. I want to be of that caliber. I want it, you know. And we have the potential in us. We're all born again. We're new creatures. We're new species to operate in this realm. Hallelujah. Back to Habakkuk. So the prophet Habakkuk again says the word. Brothers and sisters, this is God's will to bring His glory into this fallen creation. All the creation is longing for the manifestation of the sons of God. How can we get to that realm? Well, let's look back at chapter 2 and verse 3. The vision, what vision? The glory of the Lord is going to fill all the earth. Is yet for the appointed time. It hastens towards the goal. It will not fail, though it tarries wait for it. Now, you've had prophetic words given over this body. We all know that breakout is coming. We're in a season of preparation right now. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. So how do we, what do we keep on doing? Well, we keep on doing what we're doing. 
But I want you to be able to have this attitude in between services. I really believe it's the key. In between the meetings, you have this constant hunger and thirst. <laughs> you can't wait to get together and worship. You can't get, wait to get your automobile and put on a CD. Every waking moment, you're just thirsty for the presence of God. How do we wait for it? Well, verse 4 tells us how. Behold, as for the proud one, his soul is not right within him. The first thing that will keep us out of this is pride. Self-sufficiency of the human soul. Resting on our laurels of the past achievements. That's all I mentioned yesterday. First thing we have to do to get ready for this next great wave tsunami that's hitting, which we're feeling the spray and the foam right now, is forgetting the past. Now, you may not be as radical as I have, but I went and threw away all my old sermon notes. I took everything I learned and I just threw it away. And I came back to my prayer closet with my Bible and said, Lord, teach me your ways. <laughs> you don't have to do that, but I did that. I took photo albums. Now, listen, folks, I'm not, I'm just saying what I had to do. I took all my photo albums, all my achievements, and all my medals, and everything I earned all these years, and I put them in storage. And I put nothing on my walls in my office now. No, listen, just listen to my heart, okay? Just listen to my heart. <laughs> Why? Because I don't want a reference point back to Old Roberts University. I don't want a reference point back to 1981 at Ramah. I don't want a reference point back to Brooklyn. I want to keep on going forward now to what's happening now. I want to keep, you know what I'm saying? Perhaps you have to do something different. I just did it because I asked the Lord for a new thing. So we moved into a new house, into a new city. Got a new ministry started. Have a new baby. <laughs> got a new email matrix. I got a same wife, but she's being renewed, renewed day by day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my wife and I, we were laughing this morning when we were praying. Just what God's done inside of us. It was so funny, Mr. Schultz gave us uh, three paddles yesterday, donated them to our ministry. Three different sizes. <laughs> yeah, small, big, and bigger. <laughs> boy, you see our kids, boy, they saw us carrying those to the apartment last night, boy, they were so nice. <laughs> they opened the door for me. You're welcome, Alba. <laughs> Praise God. By the way, I want to say, our children, you know, we've noticed a deposit. You know, we've opened our hearts to you guys, and you say, well, you know, we've been a blessing to you, but you've been a blessing to us. It's been a two-way street, and it's been wonderful. I've seen a deposit in our kids. I've seen a deposit in me. I think, I, you know, what's happened inside of me is really, I don't know, I can't explain it, except that I know I'm changed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Brother Steve coming was the icing on the cake. Wonderful. So anyway, pride, forgetting the past. Behold us for the proud one, his soul is not right within him. 
for the glory of the Lord to appear, every mountain must be lowered. Now, pride is like mountains. The only H2O on mountains is ice or snow. Water always runs downhill. So if you want to get in the river of God, you've got to stay out of pride, self-sufficiency. I like to say this, water seeks the path of least resistance. Water seeks the path of least resistance. His soul is not right within him, but for the righteous shall live by his faith or faithfulness. Here is a picture right here, folks. This is the revelation of the entire New Testament. Galatians chapter 3, Romans chapter 1, uh, Hebrews 10. The just shall live by faith. Everything's based right in here. Romans 10. Paul got a revelation, not by flesh and blood, but by the Lord himself, and went off into Arabia. You heard us teach about this. Went off into the desert for three years. And after seven years, came back from Arabia. Went up to the Bros, a social club in Jerusalem, and presented what he was preaching. They found out that they were all dovetailing together. He was not running in vain. He received his revelation. What was the revelation Paul received? The just shall live by faith. What will keep us out of the faith walk is pride and self-sufficiency. Mental assent. This cloud is going to come in our midst by faith. By us getting hungry for it and desiring for it. I'd like to study a little about faith now. Let's turn over here. I don't know how I can quote it to you. Let me just quote it. You know, Romans 10. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. The just shall live by faith. It's the pinnacle thesis thread that runs throughout the entire new covenant. Of all the Pauline epistles, the Pauline revelation God gave him, the just shall live by faith. It's not by works of the law. I'm so thankful. Hallelujah. Israel sweared off into a, a, a state of unbelief, callous insensibility. They're in a holding pattern of unbelief for a season. The, the word has gone to the nations. What message? The message of faith. It's not even in your mouth. Israel instead wanted to establish your own righteousness by the works of the law. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. How does faith come? By sitting and reading the Bible? No, not necessarily. If it was, then our seminaries would be full of spiritual giants. The word in Greek is, there's two words, some of you may not know this, but you need to hear it. One is logos, and one is rhema. Logos means something that's written, but also means the logos came in flesh, the eternal counts of God. Rhema is basically the spoken word of God. So faith comes by hearing the spoken word of God. Whew, hallelujah. What's happening in this revival is God's removing the idolatry of stubbornness from our hearts so we can hear his voice. <laughs> now, in Luke, chapter 1, I'd like to share with you a principle of how faith comes. Luke chapter 1 and verse 28. Well, verse 26. Well, 
<laughs> you know, I saw this over here about John the Baptist, but well, I like to read it, verse 13. <laughs> the angel said, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, you'll give his name Yochanan or John. And you'll have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he'll be great in the sight of the Lord, and he'll drink no wine or liquor, and he'll be filled with the Holy Spirit while he's yet in his mother's womb. If you look at the concordance, look at all the times the word filled is used. It's incredible. Be filled with the Holy Ghost, Ephesians 5. Ephesians 3, that you be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1, who is him, you know, the body of him who fills all in all. God's will is to fill. And he's first filling us. Fill it out there. Anyway, moving right along. Verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, Joseph, of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Miriam. That's her original name, Miriam. And coming in, he said to her, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. And she was greatly troubled. Why was she greatly troubled? Because when an angel comes in and says, the Lord is with you, have the picture of Haggai, what we just read. Yeah. Do not fear, the Lord's with you. If you're saying in the Old Testament, they didn't have the nearness of God. See, what we've experienced in the church is really the adoption of sons and daughters, the love, uh, the love of Abba, his nearness. But we haven't experienced what, you know, the shaking of like Sinai, Forget about Sinai, folks. He's going to shake everything now. First, he's comforting us, getting us in the cocoon of his love. He's going to start shaking everything. There's times I blow the shofar, I get scared. I'm telling you. There's times that the anointing comes on me to blow the shofar, mainly on the streets, and when I blow it, I get scared. Why? Because it's like you feel like a cork in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Just the, the power of God comes, and you feel like you can't contain it. And I mentioned it yesterday. The Lord is building up our endurance level. When you first came into the realm of the presence of God, you were taken back. You heard a tongue interpretation. Wow, wasn't it great? Now we're starting to go into the deeper things. Because we're certain, starting to die to self. And he's building up a firewall inside of us to protect us from this glory realm. Do you understand that? Death works in us, but life in you. Because when you get into the realm of the glory, your body can't handle it. He's building up an insulation layer. So anyway... Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. Whoa. Greatly troubled at this statement, kept pondering what kind of salutation this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now, why was Mary chosen above others? Simply because she was a woman of the word. Proverbs chapter 3 says, If you bind his commandments around your finger and around your neck, you'll find favor with God. That's simple. 
And behold, you'll conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him, call his name Yeshua, or Jesus. He'll be great and be called a son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. I feel like we need to change some of those words to Jesus, lover of my soul. I love that song. I just felt like two, there's two words there that should be changed. <laughs> Is that all right? <laughs> Where it says, uh, though my world may fall. We say, though the world may fall. Not our world. <laughs> and then uh, the other part, uh, I'll worship you to the very end. We need to put worship you worlds without end. There's no end. Because <laughs> we're of the other realm. <laughs> we don't live on linear time. We live on the eternal now. Amen. The only reason I'm saying this is because we, it's a great song. And I was singing it, and all of a sudden I just felt checked. Something's not scriptural there. So we'll just hope they don't mind Hillsong down in Australia. <laughs> God bless them. <laughs> Hallelujah. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the holy offspring shall be called the Son of God. Now, we studied right before this that faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God, hearing the rhema of God. Let me just describe before, this is going to help you understanding why we need to have times and seasons of waiting quietly before the Lord. The Holy Spirit is the active force or agent of God's Word. Amen? We see Him in creation. He's the powerhouse of the, God, of the Trinity. They're one. Jesus is the Logos. He is the Word that's become flesh, tabernacled among us. John chapter 1, okay? Logos means in Greek something that's written on a page, but also it means the eternal counsel of God. Faith does not come by hearing Logos. If it did, seminaries would be full of spiritual giants, etc. I think one of the greatest problems I've had a battle is mental assent. Knowing the word, agreeing with the word, but not acting on the word. That's been, I tell you folks, that you speak volumes on that right now, but we don't have time. For me, being raised in Tulsa, hearing the word, going to great churches. That's, a, that's why a lot of our brothers and sisters in the word of faith haven't entered into this revival. It's all up here. You know? Jesus is the Logos. He is the eternal counsel of God. There's no way for us to understand that with our natural minds. He is the, I mean, think about it. The Word of God, the very counsel of God, the sowed of God, the secret counsel of God. The rabbi, before Jesus came, said, how can God who's so holy and so far up, how can he even communicate to finite human beings? And they came up with a saying called Mimra in Aramaic. Mimra means the spoken word. That the way God was going to communicate out of his eternal counsel down to mankind was by speaking his word. That's why it says in Psalms, 
the Lord sent his word and healed them. So we understand now from the Greek usage of this word, Nimrod to Rhema, that Rhema basically is a spoken word of God out of the Logos, out of the eternal counsel of God. God speaks in container form a word, a phrase, and it comes down to us where we can digest it and understand it. Does that make sense in a simple way? So if God wants to do something on earth, he speaks his word, and he's looking for receptacles to believe it. He's looking for wombs, uterus membranes of people's hearts that will be implanted with the rhema from heaven. The eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for somebody whose heart is completely his. Why? That he may show himself mighty in the earth. So everything God's going to do in the earth is through our hearts. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the springs of life. That's why we're getting so drunk. Hallelujah. He wants us to become like a watered garden. It's coming out of here. I mentioned it yesterday. If you weren't here yesterday, you should get the, the video series by Carl Baugh. It's great to show, uh, maybe if you have, you know, uh, students, have questions about dinosaurs and all this stuff. Really trim. He's a Christian. And it's uh, the symposium on creation. And he says that there is a huge canopy over the earth. And the well springs of the deep burst open. Hot, steaming water shot up 20 to 30 miles in the atmosphere and shot holes through that canopy. And then through that holes in the canopy, that's what caused the implosion of the waters to flood the earth. And I didn't really realize, I thought the well springs, you know, it rained 40 days and the well springs of the deep were broken up, bubble, 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 and kind of flooded it after 40 days and This was tremendous velocity. And we are looking up there for the revival. And there's tremendous velocity in here, folks. I'm telling you. The resurrection power is here. Just, I want to read a couple things. Just hang, hang, hang in there. I really feel the anointing now, folks, I'm telling you. That's what the Lord's after, is in here. He's put a deposit of his spirit, a pledge of our inheritance. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, that you may know the hope of your calling, what is the riches of the glory of the inheritance of the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power to us who believe. Which he brought about in Messiah when he raised him from the dead. Hallelujah. Ephesians 3. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with dunamis through his spirit in the inner man. That Messiah may dwell in your hearts by faith that you being rooted and grounded in love, maybe it will comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, height, and depth. And to know the love of Messiah which surpasses all knowledge. Filled. <laughs> Fill all the earth with all my glory as I live. As the water is covered to sea, filled up to of all the fullness of God. I feel a chain reaction happening inside, folks. That's why I love these meetings. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all we can ask or think, according to the power that works within us. Yeah. 
I love this. I looked it up in the linguistic key. It says uh, he's able to do super abundantly, quite beyond all measure. The Greek form used here is of the highest form of comparison imaginable. It's like, a, it's like a metamorphosis is happening within. I mean, we're already born again, right? But he's, that, he's transfiguring us from within. From glory to glory. From faith to faith. Line upon line, precept upon precept. more means you get in, the more you change. Anyway, let's go back to Luke here. Because we're just we're going to move into some really neat things here. Luke. 1 verse 35, the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Some have heard this, some have not. Bible school students, you've got to grab a hold of this, okay? I'm telling you, don't go the route that I went. I waste, I have a lot of student loans I had to pay off. I went through a lot of stuff I never should have gone through seeking for the, the intimate knowledge of God. It's all about allowing the Holy Spirit overshadowing you. Okay, this is what happens. It's the Hebrew word merechefet. Genesis chapter 1. The Holy Spirit hovered over the face of the deep. The Lord spoke the word. Light be, light happen. The word merechefet is the idea of the Holy Spirit hovering like a bird. That's why Malachi Christian churches have doves. You don't have one here, but have dove symbols as they're a charismatic, spirit-filled church. The Holy Spirit is not a bird, folks. In the Jesus film, at the water baptism, it says the Holy Spirit came upon him like a dove. You see some pigeon come sit on Jesus' shoulder in one of those old Jesus movies. Nah, eh, delete button, recycling bin, get rid of it. He's not a bird. He came like a dove. The Hebrew word is merakhefet, which means a Bird hovering over its nest before it lands. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit came, merechefeted, over this woman who loved the Lord, loved the word, and then out of that spoke a word, a rhema. The rhema was implanted in the uterus membrane of her heart, and then she said, be it done to me according to your rhema. Conception happened. The angel took off. Whoo! So the key is to position yourself to allow the Holy Spirit to hover over you. And most of that, the key is to position yourself for the Holy Spirit to hover over you. And that happens in these services powerfully. But I want it to happen in your personal time. That's the key. So it says here, Behold, even your relative, verse 36, Elizabeth has conceived a son in her old age, and she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. Verse 37. I tell you, folks, this speaks volumes. Hear it. Oh, for nothing will be impossible with God. Look what the original Greek says. Not any rhema from God is void of power. <laughs> Not any word. Not any rhema. It's not logos, it's rhema. No rhema from God is void of power. I mean, if you position yourself on your ramparts to see what the Lord will speak to you, and when he speaks, you may run. That's how the vision comes to pass. You've got to find yourself a time in your schedule to, allow, to turn off 
the TV, put the cellular phone battery out, get away from all stimulus, and just soak. Because really what's happening in these meetings is just a practicum. We're, you know, we say it all the time, stay down, don't get up, stay down there, don't be in a hurry. Boy, in New York City, boom, they're down, boom, they're back up, boom, got to do something. They're jittery there in New York. <laughs> That's why the gospel moves quicker down in the south, southern states. They're a little bit slower, you know. <laughs> yeah, I kind of let it marinate longer. <laughs> I can talk like that. My mother's from Texas. Hallelujah. You know, You know, people build homes, you know, they put a lot of work into the master bedroom and the master bath and the kitchen. What about a, what about a, a, a waiting place? Jesus said, hey, marinate, wait 50 days. Acts 13, they all didn't know what to do. Cornelius' house just got born again. No Gentiles that got saved for 10 years in the church. Acts 13, there were Antioch prophet teachers there. Paul, Silas, other guys. They're ministering to the Lord. It doesn't say how long. They're just ministering to the Lord. The word minister there is from the Septuagint of the Greek. Talking of the temple sacrifices. The temple was still standing at that time. Levites got up in the morning and the evening offered sacrifices. These guys in Antioch were pattering their prayer life after the temple service because they're still Jewish. You know what I'm saying? That's their mode of contact. They're worshiping God, ministering to the Lord. Suddenly the Holy Spirit comes. Separate. A raiment from heaven. Paul and Barnabas. And boom, first, second, third missionary journeys happen. You know, when I was at, I want to say this, when I was at Rhema and ORU, I was drilled about world missions. But they never told me how to wait and incubate before I went out. That's free of charge. You know, listen, I, I don't know what's going to take you to do it, but I know I go through seasons of hunger. Remember I told you about the early morning prayer I did and broke through? The Holy Spirit came and marathoned over me. And the Holy Spirit said, take your wife and five members of your church and go stand in front of Rabbi Menachem Shearson's world headquarters and build a shofar as a sign of judgment. Yes, sir. Well, it took me six weeks to be able to hear his voice to get all this stuff out of me. Huh. Huh. Pastor Keith Johnson calls, says, this is Pastor Keith, you know, from Saskatoon. And the Lord says, why is he when he's talking? Go. Yeah. <clears throat> You're the, God's possibilities, which sometimes seem like impossibilities to us, are all wrapped up in the spoken word. No rhema from heaven is void of power. He's looking for somebody whose heart is pure and humble and out of pride Hallelujah. He can speak into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that the mustard seed of faith comes in. The kingdom of God is not outward, but inward. <laughs> Makes me want to go pray, tell you the truth. Watch out for works programs. Early morning prayer, I'm telling you. Watch out for it, folks. Because I've been through the hoops. Other ministries get touched in a certain way, and they market it. They wrap it up in cellophane and market it. And what would happen is I find myself spinning my will. Why do I need to wear somebody else's armor? Hear my heart now. It happens all the time, you know. And I pray I never, you know, I pray I never do that to people. Well, this is how God touched me. This is how you need to do it. 
Well, good, maybe that's Saul's armor, but I, I learned my armor out there with the, the sheep, worshiping God, allowing the Holy Ghost Merachephet over me at night. Adonai Roi. Adonai Roi. The Lord is my shepherd. So it's not early morning prayer necessarily, it's now early morning waiting. But I don't do it every morning. Remember I told you when I taught this? I don't do it every morning. Sometimes I get so condemned. I wake up in the morning, I didn't have time to really spend deep time with the Lord. Don't get condemned by it. What I taught a few months ago, two months ago, on early morning waiting, is really to be used in times of severe hunger for God's will in your life. Just like you don't fast all the time. No, you can't do this all the time. You know, there's times, I'll be honest with you, that, that um, I may miss three or four days of really getting in the Word, like I want to, and I'll come to a service, and God's presence will come so strong. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, you, do, you forgot to read the Bible? Well, yeah, in ministry sometimes you forget to, you do so many things for the Lord, you don't have time to do the things you need to do. Don't to be condemned by it. Keep your heart pure. Keep running forward. I can't wear Brother Hagin's armor. Got all of his books at home, most of his tapes. I've got to hear from God for myself. Amen. Amen. The key is finding a location in your schedule and you just worship him. He'll come and give you a word. Son, don't work for me. Work with me. And contained in that word is everything you need. The thing about early morning prayer, I don't know why the Lord just really jumped in me to say, just be careful about just... It's great for corporate. I mean, listen, this is not corporate stuff. We're talking about individual prayer time. Or individual waiting time, or individual soothing time, or whatever you want to call it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your presence this morning. And Lord, I know your, your word went forth on good soil. I can just feel it. Rich, thick. Good, fertilized, moist soil of our hearts. Lord, many of us have been in revival for years now, months, weeks. You've taken the rocks out of our hearts. Good soil. And we're here this morning because we don't want to be 30, 60, but we want to be 100-fold Christians. There's a place where deep calls unto the deep. At the noise of thy water spouts, they have gone over me. So I healed myself, and I healed my heart to thy will, mighty God, just do your will. In me, yes. 
the deep calls unto the deep who has known the deep things of the Lord have you not heard my spirit is inside of you deep inside your heart so let me the deep one speak unto the deep one in you Thy water spouts, O oh God, are shooting straight up, bubbling out of my soul. Just like Jesus said, out of your belly shall let it, shall let my river flow. As you yield yourself and look to me, Forget about everything else, just come to me, so the deep <laughs> will finally touch the deep, God's yeah, the deep under the deep, <laughs> Lord Jesus today, thank you for your word, I'll confirm thy word, O oh God, signs, wonders, learning to wait learning to wait yes I'm learning to wait patiently for thee my soul waits on him he sends his spirit fills me from within yes I'm learning I'm learning to wait, wait on Him. Wait. Practicing waiting on you. You know, when there's nothing to do, there's nothing to do. So you wait. I said when there's nothing to do, wait. When there's no new revelation, you just wait. Too many people get impatient that we think we must be doing something and that's when we start packaging things and, and taking a good thing of God and making it a work instead of the under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. So don't worry. Just waiting on you. Waiting. There's nothing wrong with waiting. When there's nothing new to do, you don't do anything but what he told you to do last. There's a rest that remains to the people of God. You don't always have to be running through a spiritual religious hoop to think that you're doing something for him. There are times he just wants you to do nothing. Well, Lord, Lord, it could, couldn't be. I've got to climb Mount Everest. I've got to swim the English Channel. I've got to give up coffee. This, Lord, is something I can do today. Maybe not. Maybe he's just delighting in watching you. Deep telling to the deep. Maybe he just loves to look at you. You ever think that cross your mind that maybe the Lord just wants to admire you and look at you and just watch you? How many times over your kids you just looked at them? Just wanted to watch them. You didn't want them to take out the garbage. 
take out the trash. Don't talk back, yakety yak. You didn't want them to do anything. There was nothing to do. There was no chores for them to do. You didn't want them to do anything. You didn't want them to do anything. You just watched them. You watched them just as they were just there. Sometimes, sometimes could it be that Abba, your father, could just delight in you? God in heaven. Because he's redeemed you and made you clean in his covenant of his blood. Jesus, help us. Scott said so many wonderful things today. Our forefathers, you see, had the principle of the fear of the Lord, the distance, the proper distance. Abraham went out and saw the place afar off, Makom, the one who dwells afar off. You see, the Yarat Hashem, the fear of the Lord. They didn't really know the Ahavat Hashem, the love of God, the closeness, the closeness of God, the love, the closeness of Him. Draw near, we can draw near with a full assurance of our heart. Sprinkle, Lord, sprinkle our hearts today. Oh, God, let us know what it means that our hearts sprinkled with pure water. Thank you, Jesus. Hashem, so wonderful. You are so wonderful. I just wait. We just wait on, on you, Lord. how little you've learned to wait on the Lord. No one say a word. No one do anything until I tell you to, starting right now. Some of you heard something from the Lord in just those few moments. Just think if you just waited 10 minutes shutting up before you, what he would say. How much direction would he give you? How much, how much confusion would you avoid if you could just wait on him and you're a rhema? How much, how much, how much heartache could have been detoured instead of a band-aid of the word after the problem you would have waited ten more minutes and heard the rhema to avoid you would hear a word saying go to the left or go to the right 
avoid it. God, I know I've been guilty of trying to come up with a fix and a band-aid with your word after I've proceeded without waiting. It's so easy, Lord, for us, we're under covenant, to come up with a word, to find a word, to read your word. And it's so easy for us to not wait on you and rush headlong into something we have no business being in because we just didn't wait. We prayed, we talked, we confessed, we said, we shouted. Thank you, Father. Now bless the work of my hands today. Oh, God, I love you, Lord. You know that. Lord, protect my children. Protect me. Protect, oh, Lord, all the firemen and the fire, all the Eskimos in the snow. Amen. <laughs> Confessed my 20 confessions today, all my positive confessions on my mirror. I confessed them all, Lord. You know that. I even did it last night before I went to bed. And I knew nothing happened between last night and this morning. I'll confess them again, praise God, just to be sure. But we didn't wait. <laughs> I ran out with my words and we run out of our houses with our words instead of his word we've bound the devil we've put on our armor we've spoken tongues for now we've pled the blood we've uh, bound the, loose the angels I've given my tithe uh, I've given my tithe envelope with me I took a couple extra from the church when no one was looking so I'll make it out before church I'm going to be ready to give but Lord but Jesus is standing by the front door waving goodbye. <laughs> he said, well, he said, well, I bless you, but I had something else to say to you. He says, maybe I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> the Lord says, May maybe we'll talk tonight. Be silent upon your bed. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know about you, but this is ministering to me. <laughs> Before you speak a word under the anointing, you must hear one first. Absalom was killed in the battle. Ahimehaz wanted to run. They said to Ahimehaz, Wherefore should you run, seeing you have nothing to say? Let me run, let me run. So Yimahaz, they said to him, run. It's like we get out of Bible school. Now run. Go to the mission field. Run. Go evangelize. Run. Regraduate. Run. Why should you run? You've got nothing to say. Ahimez had nothing to say because he didn't hear anything. So Ahimez runs and King David is waiting. Word for Absalom. Absalom. And they see a man running in the distance. Who is it? It's Ahimez. And they said, he's a good man. They say, you can read it yourself. He's a good man. Ahimez was a good man, but he had nothing to say. A lot of us are good men and women, but we got nothing to say. And Ahimez comes up to David. How is it? What is it? What is it, Ahimez? Tell me about my son. Well, I don't know. I just heard a tumult and I ran. <laughs> what did they do to Ahimez? He said, just stand here a little bit, Ahimez. Just wait here. Ahimez heard a tumult. Many people get close enough to the glory and revival to hear a tumult and then they go, but they haven't sat and saturated and soaked and waited now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the dinami, that the power that works in us. But then you read the next verse, 
Now unto him be glory in the church through Christ Jesus. The glory, this revival is about the glory in the body, the glory of God in the body through the anointed one, Jesus. Well, how long should this revival last? It says it right there, world without end. God would have it to be a never-ending revival of the glory in the church. How long? For a season until 1998 spring and then we'll... No, he would love to have it world without end, but it's going to take people that will just listen to him according to the power that works in you. Working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Working out Every day, let him work it out a little different area of your life. <laughs> it's not of works, but now that we've got, we're redeemed, we just, okay, we start to work these things out. Waiting on him. Wait, Lord, draw me. Draw me. Draw me, Lord. Draw me. Draw me. Draw me, Jesus. Draw me. Sense the weighty presence of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Father, we thank you for the word given today. <sighs> thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we thank you. We thank you, Father. International, listening to our message today to you. Perhaps you have a friend, perhaps yourself are sitting there and wondering, where would I go if I died today? We'd like to give you a great privilege of praying with us and leading you to a knowledge of Jesus the Messiah. The Bible says, if any man or woman would call upon the name of Jesus, they would be saved. The Greek word for saved is healed, delivered. It's a wonderful promise. You're there now in your automobile, perhaps at home listening. Go ahead and pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus to forgive me of my sins. The Bible says, if anybody would call upon your name, they would be saved. I'm calling today, Lord. Save me. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Take all of my sins and cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. Father, I'm coming running home to you now. 
In your name I pray. Amen. If you'd like to contact us in our ministry, you may do so by writing us at Rivers in the Desert, P.O. Box 2788 in Alpharetta, Georgia, 30023 in the United States of America. Our ministry phone number is 770-777-0143. Of course, you can reach us anytime, 24-7, at our website contact page at www.flashfloods.com. Looking forward to hearing from you. We are here to help equip you to be tactical warriors in this hour, to wake up this church, to win and disciple lost souls, and to take out terrorism of all forms. God bless you. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Shalom, shalom. Shalom.